0: Welcome back to Growing Through Dance, the podcast for everyone who is interested in watching or taking part in dance, which aims to explore how dance interacts with life. As a lifelong dance facilitator, I passionately believe that dance is for everyone, and we can all harness our personal dance abilities to enable and lead our own unique dance journeys. So this morning I have the lovely Claire Williams, who is a Latin and ballroom coach, joining us to discuss all things dance and how dance has affected her life. Morning, Claire. Morning. Thank you for coming to join me. So what I'd like you to do, first of all, is to take yourself right back and talk to me about dance as a child. What did you do?
1: Well, it'd be easy to say, what what didn't I do? Not really, because dance was and is my life. I would dance six, seven nights a week, ballet, tap, modern, jazz, disco, you name it. I used to do it. I'm Latin and morning, obviously. So, yeah, it was a, a massive, massive of my life and even my best friends now are from from the dance world back when i was a little child
0: as well that's lovely it's also something that people who've had really good experiences with dance as the old saying says those that dance together stay together so yes really good (laughs) okay so can you remember when you first did a class the very first one Can you remember anything about it
1: well can't really remember I remember looking at a photograph and back when I was like two and a half three in in some type of play that my mum put me in and when the curtains opened and I was actually picking my nose (laughs) opened and I know I used to at home, make sure all the curtains were closed and I would go behind the curtains and I'd make everybody announce me onto the, the stage, you know. So I remember things like that, you know, just being in front of family more so than actual an actual dance class. But I do remember a little bit later on, my cousin, she took me to a, a dance class. She was one of the first people that took me to a dance class to experience it and obviously... 38 years on, I'm I'm still doing
0: it. So that first class, was it a ballet class or something just recreational? What what did you do?
1: Yeah, I think it was recreational. I remember vaguely it being something to do with Oliver Twist. So I don't know whether it was part of the play or it was a little bit of a mixture of singing and dancing, but it was definitely to do with Oliver
0: Twist. Okay, so from there, you obviously got the bug and decided to take up dance lessons. So you've just given us a long list of genres. You did. How were you able to do so much?
1: Because obviously, I, I danced pretty much every day of the week, and I was part of a, a local stage school and dance school, and so we we did all the styles. We we. Um, we did exams in the mall. We did shows, competitions all around the country, and then later on, we did go and travel, and we did things at Euro Disney um, and things on stage as well at the London Palladium. We did a lot of performances there. So it, I, I, I covered a mixture of genres in the very, very early days of yeah. my dancing.
0: So what I'm particularly interested in hearing is when you started with the ballroom and the latin.
1: Well it slowly, ballroom and latin slowly crept in and I started doing my medals and things when I was at stage school but I, I didn't really compete I would engaged so I was just doing my exams and and studying the Latin ballroom and it was when I was around 16 that I actually started to get into the competitive side of Latin and that then took me off on a a totally different tangent, traveling all over the world.
0: So you did international competitions then? I
1: did. I represented England in Italy, in Vienna, which was a
0: beautiful, beautiful place, yes. and in Madrid. And with these, these competitions, how many people would sort of be involved in, in the actual competitive side of it?
1: Oh, well, some of the really big competitions, especially when we have At Blackpool every year, there'd
0: be over 400 couples. Wow, amazing. Yeah, so there were pretty big competitions, yeah. You've had sort of this almost the Strictly experience as well as the dance experience. Do you think that your dance that you did as a child, so I presume you did ballet, you did tap um, and some of the other genres, do you think that helped you to carry on to the, the Latin in the ballroom?
1: Yes, I mean, yes. The majority I would say, yeah, it really, really did. I mean, obviously, you know, the the discipline and the training that ballet gives you, and all the technical things involved, it really did put me in a very, very good position to take on this competitive form of dance. and. You know, although at times in ballet class, I would get told off because my hips were moving way too much. (laughs) much. It actually really did put me in a really good position. And I was able to progress very, very quickly throughout into the, the Latin ballroom world because of that great foundation and the great discipline that I already had from a lot of the stage styles.
0: Around 16, did you decide, obviously, you, as you say, you got into competitions. Did you decide around 16 that your career was going to go via the teaching side? Or did you think maybe I'll be a, a display type dancer? Or?
1: I knew that by going into the competitive side, it was a, a real change, a complete change. I had to train eight, nine hours a day. I was obviously still doing A-levels. So I had to work everything around my studying, but I had a real passion for teaching. But I also was very academic, so you need a backup, and so I, I did have a, that mindset, and so I kept my school studies on, went to train. <laughs>
0: this is a mad one. This I actually did a pure maths degree wow that is that is something and that's um knocked a few other wives tales about uh dancers not being very clever well, well
1: done everyone used to say well you'll be really good at patterning in choreography yes
0: yeah <laughs> 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 completely yeah.
1: Again, that come back to my fear of what would I do if I was injured. And also, I really enjoyed maths at school. So it was the natural progression. And it also gave a little bit of flexibility so I could continue my ambitions as well.
0: So did, did your university have a dance society?
1: Yeah. yeah. You know, we were laughing about this the other day. Yeah, they did, but I never joined it found out about it later on but to be honest I don't think I would have had the time to be part of it because I was training so many hours a day yeah. all over the place to have lessons and do coaching and things like that so yeah it did and it did it, to be fair Liverpool University does have a very good Latin and Ballroom Society so yeah. I, I missed out there I did miss out
0: once you came out of university, what, what happened then?
1: Went to professional dance college. I went to Merseyside Dance and Drama. And I started to study all the teaching qualifications, go back to all the styles, as well as training Latin like, and ballroom and competing.
0: Wow, <laughs> busy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I was at probably my fittest. I was probably at my fittest then. Because hmm. I was dancing non-stop so um had a great experience there all the different styles again and obviously towards teaching qualifications and then after that i decided to go and do a post-grad
0: goodness me you've been busy
1: (laughs) in primary school teaching yeah so at the same time as being at university doing a post-grad I was still competing, I was still going all over the world and trying to do the PGCE at the same time, which I did. Yes, did. I mean, I, I did, I cried about two weeks in because I thought, <laughs> oh, this is too much. This is
0: too much. Yeah, what have but I done?
1: <laughs> I was determined to get it and I knew what a, a valuable qualification it was when it came to teaching. Yes, yeah. So I was adamant I was going to get that, but I was also going to keep up
0: did you actually work as, as a primary school teacher at any point? Catherine this
1: is i think this will probably be your podcast with the most sort of um, varied oh. path of training and um, i then after getting postgrad i did some work in primary schools but i also got a job heading up the dance GCSE and A level dance in a secondary school and I absolutely loved, loved that. So I you know, taught the A-level, taught the GCSE, did all the practical, all the essays and everything, still at the same time <laughs> competing. So I was still keeping my hand in yes, with, yes. The, with the teaching elements as well as the dancing elements as well.
0: I mean, you have the dancers' work ethic. There is no question of that after that i mean i've become aware of you obviously in this last year due to latin passion that you've launched after that how do we make the jump from there to here What's what's the in between bit
1: i can't really pinpoint where this began but i used to do teach for a lot of dance schools all over the city and beyond and then as part of my Dance business. I used to visit primary schools and secondary schools all across the country, bringing Latin, you know, courses and things like that within the primary and secondary sector. So I, I did travel the country, taking my my business of dance into primary schools. So I did a lot of that. I also went on PO cruises and yeah, and did you know, some teaching and guest presenting, shows. So that was that was really good. I enjoyed that. And I travelled the Caribbean. I love that. I did mm-hmm. I did. at the same time as obviously having my having my business, which is dance passion. Yeah. And then obviously this has grown personal development courses and business courses to help help me grow the business the way I want it to look. That fits in with my strengths a very very colorful journey
0: when we were talking before we started recording that you had a particular word that described where you are now would you like to tell us about that
1: yeah i i said to you i was a mompreneur so i'm an entrepreneur but i'm working my business around my family my two little boys and so I work my teaching and my choreography and my judging and things like that around my family.
0: Um, so you just mentioned choreography. Uh, do you choreograph for um, anything in particular or do, you, or do you do whatever comes along? Is there anything? I also taught in a
1: lot of professional colleges around the northwest including the Northern Ballet School and I've done choreography for things like that. And then we also have a show team within dance passion. so I use that show team to, to keep my hand in the choreography and I like to I like to fuse all the different styles. I don't just do Latin or Boro. I put in all of my all of my passions from going back to when I was, Three years old, doing all those different styles. I tried to mix in a real fusion.
0: That's really amazing, and then something that really interests me because I've always been somebody who's liked to mix styles as much as possible. But it's always, because I'm I come from a ballet base, and therefore the the ballet technique to me is very very important. I just wonder what you think about ballet technique as to how that's helped you with what you're doing now? I mean, it's clearly helped you on the way up because it's enabled you to have that basis to start with. But how does that work within what you're doing now? And how was it used within your work with Northern Ballet?
1: As part of my mumpreneur role, should we say, in my business, I've created a lot of online courses. And the the main one is a programme I call The Latin Bar so it fuses my training in ballet to then help the technical elements in latin so they're short programs and ballet definitely plays a big role in my creation of these particular courses and then a a really exciting course that i launched was a course we've called the bar to the ballroom takes stage professionals into the world of Latin and we use a lot of these concepts of the Latin bar and help them bridge the gap from their stage training which we're what we're talking about mm. then learning Latin in the correct way rather than just learning a load of steps on a professional cruise job I'm actually going into the the technical elements of Latin and how you can use the ballet training to really put you in a good good position. Because like you've heard today, that's what I
0: did. Yes. Okay, so I can see that you are a very self motivated person and that you also have your goals and you go for them and you get them. How did you get into that mindset that said, right, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to achieve this because so many people suffer from imposter syndrome or have self doubt about these things. What sort of things Helped you, and what could you say to maybe other um, entrepreneurs or mom?
1: So, even even from a very very young age, I remember the age of eighteen, I used to read a lot of self help books. So I would read a lot of Tony Robbins, I would read the Passion Test, Stephen Covey, all these different self help books that helped me with the mindset. And as we know, motivation and mindset, it's not something you just have, and then you just say, oh yeah, I've got it, and that's it. It's something you have to work on every single day. Like I said to you, like, I'm really coming out of my comfort zone coming on this podcast. You have to use the strategies every day, regardless of how experienced you are. Um, And it's something you've got to keep fresh. Like cleaning your teeth, you don't just do it once; you yep. do it every single day to keep yourself in the correct mindset. But I also think it's important to surround yourself with people who are going to push you further, help you get to your goals. So I'm I'm really into doing a lot of courses. I, I'm a bit of a course junkie, should we say? Mm. So this past year, well, I know we'll we we'll talk about COVID and. It's really given me time to stop and really think about what's important. And I, regardless of it being face-to-face or over Zoom, I love to teach. That's what I love to do. So Zoom has given me that opportunity to connect with people all over the country that I would never get to teach. So I'm really grateful for that. But it's also allowed me to take a lot more courses we haven't always got a whole weekend to stay away from the children i'm trying to surround myself with people who will help me get to the next step
0: that's uh, that's very useful uh, strategies for working on there so covid how do you feel you survived it mentally because i know a lot of people particularly dancers initially the world dropped out, didn't it? I mean, you know, suddenly we're we're not in the studio anymore or, or professional dancers in particular, suddenly there's no stage anymore.
1: Well, I think like us all, it was all, we were all thrown in the deep end. And my priority when it first happened, as well as obviously my family and things like that, was to keep my students dancing. This is why I then took a step back and thought about how can I create a supportive course that they can do maybe in their own time, at their own speed, but still keep up their technical training and also challenge me as a teacher to come up with the the exercises and the drills that I know if they do over and over again, every single day, they will come out of this much, much stronger dancers. Um, And then obviously through Zoom, um, I've been able to obviously offer these courses to a wider audience. So usually we'd have to rely on who can get to the studio or who can get to a particular location. Whereas I've been able to serve hundreds and hundreds of people with these courses, really delve deep into the technique every single week for eight weeks. And now we're going to be running the second the second level to the course and that my big 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 goal after that is to to create the ultimate um, latin training
0: okay i think my the question that springs to mind for me now is how much having had dance in your life has enabled you as a person as a a, a mompreneur as a business owner how much has it helped you grow
1: um, well, as you know, as dancers, we are so critical of ourselves, aren't we? We're constantly trying to improve. Whether we're looking in the mirror, we're looking at ourselves on video, on camera. We are constantly trying to improve, and I think I tried to bring that quality through my work as well. And you know, at school, I was I was really shy. I was really shy and didn't always put my hand up to answer the questions or want to read out and in class. But if you asked me to do a dance thing, then I became this super confident person, even at a young age. So it does give you a lot of self-confidence as well. You become very disciplined. You are very resilient. I think we are as dancers, aren't we? We're very resilient. There's so many, so many things. I, you know, I'm doing a job that I love. It keeps me fit and it challenges me mentally. they all the skills and all the things that I need, really. to.
0: Yeah, and keep growing, that's amazing. Keep growing, yeah, keep growing. <laughs> One last thought about performing arts schools generally dance in life. You know, when you have new people coming into you, how do you convince them that this is, this is a good idea, bringing their child to dance, or even an adult coming to dance? How, what are you, what's your secret, I think, maybe, is what I want to know.
1: Well, I don't feel that like I'm there to, to convince people. I'd like to think that they are inspired by my passion for it, and that they will they will come along of their own accord. Um, I'm hoping that because I am so passionate and I'm so enthusiastic, and I do love it so much, that they that will rubble, rub off on them, and they will come along on the you know on their own journey. They will have their own journey, and I think as teachers, we've got to fill them with confidence and you know if you are confident in something you will flourish so if we can build up their confidence but also give them give them all that technical knowledge because as we know with technique comes confidence it really really does if you know what you should be doing when you should be doing and how then this will give you confidence regardless
0: No, I think you're absolutely right there. Claire, this has been amazing. And I think that anybody listening to it will find you extremely inspiring. Thank you so much for coming to talk to me this morning. Hopefully you've enjoyed it. I
1: have. Thank you so much. I have enjoyed it. Thank you.
0: If you have enjoyed today's episode, then please be sure to follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon or Google Podcasts. Your support means such a lot to me that we can get the stories of dance and how it helps life out there. Please also share and like the Instagram Growing Through Dance Pod. Like and follow the Facebook group Growing Through Dance Podcast, where you can join the conversation to discuss dance. If you have any stories you'd like to share, please contact me via direct message on either social media platform. Thank you for listening. Your host, Catherine Lucy.